Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Welcome to church. You can go ahead and take your seats. Uh, so good to see everybody. Welcome to Oceans Church. And uh, Pastor Mark and Rochelle, uh, I think, are probably some of the best people in the world. And uh, some, of my, some of our best friends. And uh, I, I go to bed early. Uh, I like my sleep. And uh, Pastor Mark is the only person that can get me to stay up past midnight. And uh, it seems like he's just getting started at about midnight. And, uh, but he, we, we love them so much. And um, uh, if you're new to the church or just recently been coming, they're some of the most amazing people with the biggest hearts for people. And uh, I just want you to know, as, as his friend, he talks about you all the time and about the incredible thing that God's doing here in the church and uh, just how much he loves uh, the people that God's gathering. Let me just say this. You can always tell the quality of a move of God by the quality of the leaders that he sends to that move. Oftentimes he sends leaders even before you see it actually happen. And uh, what you've seen at Oceans is God beginning to draw key leaders and uh, key people into a church, into tents. Come on. And, um, and, and this thing is moving forward. And uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful we can have church. Aren't you just grateful we can be in the house of God? And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people right now are not in church and uh, are not meeting, and uh, I'm just so grateful uh, that we can come and meet and uh, put these tents. Man, this is, this is crazy, and, uh, and it feels good. And we're, I'm in Texas, and uh, we have church like this as well, just in tents. And, no, we don't. The, the weather's terrible. If you don't like the weather in Texas, you wait 24 hours. We literally had a snowstorm. Uh, just a little bit ago, like 10 days, and uh, we had hail last week, and um, I think it's probably going to be sunny in 75 today, so you just you never know what's, what's going to happen, but I want you to know that when that snowstorm hit Dallas, uh, your church has been so incredible, and so we had, Dallas is not prepared for the snow or for cold, and uh, it was zero degrees with 11 degree windshield, minus, negative 11, and uh, we had pipes breaking in homes, we had, we had people literally dying in their houses uh, because of the cold, and uh, we started just over a year ago a Dallas Dream Center, and uh, we're partnered with the LA Dream Center, Pastor Matthew Barnett, and... Um, it's an incredible what God's doing, and just we pioneered to work there. We bought a building right before COVID hit. We were ready to go, and then COVID happened, and uh, we were discouraged at first, but it's interesting how God sets things up, isn't it? And uh, we were there when people needed food, so we started a grocery drive through line, and uh, we started giving out thousands of meals, saw over 110 people give their lives to Jesus in the grocery <laughs> drive through line. It's incredible. So when the, when the storm hit, uh, the city called us, city of Dallas called us, uh, one of our councilwomen for our district called us, we need help. There are people literally dying in their homes and can't get out, specifically senior citizens, and uh, we need to bring them meals. And uh, so we started, provi- started providing meals, going door to door, and uh, Pastor Mark texted me, and he said, what do you need, how can we help? And I said, we're trying to buy hundreds of meals to these people for these people. And uh, your church sent a check for $5,000. And 
we bought meals, hot meals, jambalaya. Uh, that's how they do it there, you know, jambalaya. We, we delivered hot meals to people in need. And uh, our people in our church were mobilized to deliver the meals that you bought by your generosity. And uh, there's one lady, her name's Marsha. And uh, Marsha has not left her house in three years. She is a shut-in, she's a senior citizen, and she's on hospice, and because of the snow, no one could get to her. And uh, she was planning on dying in her home. And uh, one of our guys, Clint, knocked on her door. She didn't know what it was, and uh, he brought in hot meals. We put her on her distribution list. We're going to make sure Marsha gets fed. And, uh, and that's because of you. That's because of you. And uh, that's how the body of Christ should work, I think. And uh, working together, and uh, it's so good uh, to be with you uh, in Orange County. Man, this weather is amazing. My wife Jamie's here in the front row, and um, I usually, when I come to Orange County, I don't let her come with me. Uh, part of the reason is we feel called to Dallas, uh, but whenever she comes here, she feels called to Orange County. So... Um, I took a risk today, so you might be seeing a new janitor around the tents. It's going to be, it's going to be me. Uh, I, I got a word for you that I want to I want, I want share just for a couple minutes. And uh, I really believe this. I believe that it's not by accident that you're here. I really believe it's by divine appointment. And uh, people sometimes get weirded out when you talk about the presence of God. It can be so ominous or so big. But this is what I like to say. Your presence is here because you're here. My presence is here because I'm here, and God's presence is here because he's here. Come on, the presence of God in these tents is right here. When people of God come together, literally anything is possible. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So you just stepped into a tent of, of possibility. You stepped into a, an atmosphere where anything can happen. You walked into an atmosphere where if you're sick, you could walk out healed. You walked into an atmosphere, if you're depressed, you could walk out with joy. That's what happens when the people of God come together. And I, I want to go, if you got your Bibles, we'll have it on the screen as well. I want to go in the Old Testament. Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 14. I'm going to read a couple verses uh, to you, and uh, then we'll tell a couple stories, break this down just a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 1. says, one day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father, Saul, King Saul, was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. Old Testament names are really confusing sometimes, so just, you know, just hold on. With him were there about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod, and he was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub, son of Phinehas. Anybody, any Phinehas out here? Since the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, no one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other Sinah. One cliff stood to the north towards Michmash, the other to the south towards Geba. And Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised men. Now he's throwing out insults. Hello. He says, perhaps, now listen to this, perhaps the Lord. I'm just going to tell you, if I'm ever doing something for God, I don't want to do it on a perhaps. Especially Old Testament times, we're talking about battle. We're talking about life and death. And Jonathan says, perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, 
his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I'm with you heart and soul. I want to speak for a couple minutes from this subject, moving on maybe. Moving on maybe. Saul was king at this time. He was facing the enemy army, and, uh, and he, was, he was really stuck. They, they, they didn't know how they were going to go forward. He was counting his army. He was counting the enemy, and he came to the conclusion, we're in trouble. Jonathan, his son, was risky. Jonathan was on the edge of his seat, and he said, well, we got to figure something out. we got to figure out some way to do this. And he gets his armor bearer, he gets his buddy, and he goes to, to the battle line, and he says this. He says, perhaps the Lord. Perhaps. Wow. Do you know what perhaps means? Perhaps means a word used to express uncertainty. It, it, it's a word that's used to, to express a possibility, which if there's a possibility to, to succeed, there's also a possibility to fail. And Jonathan is saying, hey, perhaps the Lord. I've been pastoring for, for a lot of years. I've done a lot of weddings, and I haven't had this happen yet, but I'm waiting for the day. It's going to be a sad day when it happens, when the couple's up there, they're in love, they're looking at each other, they're doing their vows, and one says, I do, and the other one says, Perhaps. It's not, that's not the confidence that you want on a commitment. You know, if you've ever bought a new house or bought a new car and you're trying to do your due diligence, the last thing you want to hear from a real estate agent is, you know, you think this is a good deal? Perhaps. Good stock tip? Hey, go all in on this one. It's good? It's guaranteed? Yeah, guaranteed. No, not guaranteed. Perhaps. I mean, nobody wants to move on a maybe. But I'm going to tell you this. When you operate as a man or woman of God, it's interesting how many times God pushes you to a place of faith where you have to move on something that seems uncertain. Where you have to move on something like a, like a perhaps. Perhaps the Lord... I'm just going to tell you, I'm not too interested in people that are going into battle and saying, hey, come on, come with me. Perhaps it'll work out. I'm not interested in maybes. I'm not interested in possiblies. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to have a risk assessment. I want to know worst case scenario. I want to know the backup plan. I want to know who's in charge of the backup plan. I want to know how you're going to execute the backup plan. And I want to see a bank statement that tells me you can pay for the backup plan. Maybes? Maybes? We got, we, we, got, we got people that are, that are about to go into battle on a maybe. Saul is facing an impressive enemy, and this is what Saul is doing. And I want you to contrast these two. Saul's the king. Jonathan's his son. Saul begins to assess if he can win or not. And this is how he does this, and many of us do this as well. He started counting what he had. She said, well, this is what I have, and this is what the enemy has. This is what I have. This is what the enemy has. This is, we're going to lose. Yeah, I, this is just like personal about me. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of negative people. I don't know. I just, I just like positive people. I, I, I like people that believe that there's a chance, that there's a way that we can do it. I, I don't like people telling me that I can't do something or there's no way. In fact, on our staff, we have a little rule and it's, we're can-do people. That's like, we actually, in our, in our church, we value impossibility. 
Because I love finding the yes in the midst of no's. I mean, there should be no way you should be having church today. But you have a pastor that says we're going to find a way to gather as the church. There's something about this. I mean, there's a lot of churches that are not open. There's no judgment to them, but sometimes there can be be opposition that makes us react a certain way. And this is what Saul did. Saul began to react to what was happening. He began to assess, well, the risk is this. This is what I have. I don't know if we can do this. While Jonathan was advancing, one was assessing, one was advancing. I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to make a difference in this world, you're going to have to really get it through your head, our heads, that we're going to have to advance while others assess. I'm not saying that assessment or strategy or wisdom is wrong. I'm saying in the kingdom of God, there is a moment in time where you have to decide we're going to move. We're going to advance. We're going to begin to take ground. Jonathan couldn't sit there anymore and look at the enemy. He had to take action. Too many people for too long have watched the enemy work and watched the opposition of the world with no drive or desire to advance. And I'm going to tell you this. I'll warn you. This is, like, this is kind of like a, like a, I don't know if it's a hack or a, uh, an idea that you could have. But in the kingdom of God, there is so much power in moving on maybe. Now I'm going to tell you this. The move really is in the maybe. You, years ago, uh, Jamie and I, my wife, uh, we were dating and things were getting serious. At least on my side. So I was thinking about marriage and life after marriage and family. And, and uh, so I'm ready to, pr- to propose. And uh, so I'm, I'm planning this grand proposal. And I got it all planned. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick her. And uh, I'm going to wake her. Her family's in on it. My family's in on it. I'm going to wake her up early in the morning. We're going to go to the airport. We're going to fly to Hawaii. We are going to, she's a surfer, so we're going to surf all day. We're going to just beach hop. And it's going to be, while well, the sun's setting in Hawaii, I'm, I got the speech plan. I'm going to pull out the ring that I had tied in my board shorts. Bad idea in hindsight. But it stayed. I, I, I had a good knot there. And, 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 and so I told my dad, I'm like, I laid out the whole plan. I'm like, Dad, like, check this out. Like, this is, this is it. She's got to say yes to this. I mean, this is incredible. And, and he goes, hey, Dustin, are, are you sure she's going to say yes? I thought, well, man, Dad, I hadn't thought about how could she say no is what I was thinking. And then I started really thinking through it like, man, is she going to say yes? Kind of got in my head. I, I thought, well, you know, if she says, if she says no, I'll, she can fly back and I'll just stay in Hawaii. I'll plant a church in Hawaii. They need Jesus too, you know. I had my backup plan. And, 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 and I, I realized that I was taking a risk, but it was worth the risk. The, the, moving on a maybe was worth what was on the other side of the move. See, in, in your walk with God, there is going to be a time where what you're moving towards is going to be worth the move in the maybe. And this is what Jonathan did. He said, I can't be silent any longer. I can't be still any longer. I have to make a move. Real faith makes a move on maybe. On maybe. Acts chapter 15, verse 28, it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now, hold on. It seemed good? Sometimes we read the Bible and we're too spiritual. We're like, perhaps the Lord, bless God. Brother, that sounds like a guarantee. Perhaps? 
Now they're moving in the New Testament. He says, it seems good. Seems good? Listen, I don't think you should propose on a seems good. She seems good. This is what we see. But real faith, I'm going to tell you this, real faith, real faith makes moves on maybes, on perhaps. Because in the kingdom of God, God will announce something to you to your heart, to your mind, before you see it in actuality. And it always requires something of you that is uncertain. It requires something of you to say, God, I believe in you more than I, can be- more than I believe in what I can see. Saul was immobile because he was paralyzed by what he saw. The kingdom of God advances by things that we cannot see yet. In fact, that's what faith is. Faith in Hebrews 11 is that that belief or confidence in what we do not see. Years ago, we uh, we when we bought the Dream Center just over a year ago, uh, I, I was I was so nervous about buying this building, and we felt like God told us to go into the poorest community in Dallas, one of the most violent communities in Dallas, and we were supposed to buy a building there and start impacting the community. And I had pastors all around me that told me, don't, don't do it. That, could, that neighborhood can never pay for the building that you buy. I mean, it's not worth it. We're in an affluent area right outside of Dallas. They said, don't go into that area. But we felt like we were supposed to do it. We felt, even though it's not popular, there was not a lot of people excited about it, we felt like we were supposed to make a move on a maybe. So we were getting ready to make the decision, and, and uh, my, one of my pastors, he called me. He said, it's, we gotta make, we got to make the call. It's time. Like we got to decide, are we buying this or not? And I was nervous. I like to say that I was just full of faith, ready to go, but I was scared. And I'm thinking, man, we got to make this huge purchase. I don't know. People are saying it's not going to work. And, 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 and God was working in the background. I didn't even know it. And so we decided we are going to buy this building. So I told my pastor, I said, hey, we're doing it. And then I hung up the phone, and I cried. I'm like, no, okay, is that the right move? It, 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 so he, it starts happening. Six hours later, somebody starts calling my phone over and over and over again. I finally pick it up. I thought something was wrong. I said, what's going on? And they said, we've been trying to get a hold of you. We have to tell you. He said, God spoke to us that we are supposed to give $100,000 towards the building you're supposed to buy. Now listen, $100,000 is a lot less than what the building costs. But it was God's way of showing us that he is moving in the midst of a maybe. So we bought that building and it was only months later that COVID hit and there were starving people all throughout this community. And if we hadn't made a move on a maybe, we would not have been a distribution center for thousands of people in this neighborhood. I'm telling you, God lives in maybe. He lives in perhaps. Faith is uncertain. It's uncertain. The move is in the maybe, but let me tell you this. The miracle is in the movement. The the miracle is in the movement. Faith is an action word. Faith is associated with movement. Faith is not docile. Faith is not stagnant. Faith is not an observer. Faith is not a spectator. Faith is an action word. James chapter 2, it says this. What good is it? In verse 14, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, I always like it when James says, my brothers and sisters. It sounds like super spiritual. What good is it, my brothers and my sisters? If someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, 
Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is, is dead. It's dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. And I like to picture James saying this with a little bit of attitude. He says, you show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Another translation says, by what I do. I will show you my faith by what I do. There is a correlation between your movement and God's miracles. Some people sit in church all their life and they never experience God. And they never experience God's blessing. And it's not because God doesn't love them. It's not because God doesn't want to encounter them. But it requires a step of faith from us to encounter God. God made his move when he sent Jesus in the most audacious act of love that the world has ever seen. And Jesus died on a cruel cross for me and for you. He made his move. So that you and I can now respond to him. James says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So this is interesting. God's move comes after my move. Which, which means that my move is on a maybe before he moves. You know, it's, it's interesting when we fight battles, we go through struggles, we encounter opposition, sometimes the reason that we count our troops or we assess if we can win or not is because we believe that the victory is really dependent on us. You know the Bible teaches us that the battle is not ours, it is the Lord. There's another scripture that says that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Here's the thing, for years people have come to church thinking I have to be strong. I have to look right. I have to be perfect. And it's exactly opposite of what the scriptures teach us. The Bible teaches us, you come as you are. You come with your stuff. You come with your past. You come with your pain. You come with your excuses. You come with your doubt. You come with your, you come just as you are. Come with all that. And in your weakness, in your insufficiency, in areas where you don't measure up, he says, that's where I become strong. Friends, this is, about, this is about what God's doing. This is about what he's doing. Some of us are freaked out about what's happening in the world, in our nation, all of that. Can I just encourage you that God's still on the throne? That the victory, the battle belongs to the Lord? Second Chronicles chapter 20, it says this. He said... There's another Old Testament name. I'm naming my third child this, by the way. I've got Jude, Genesis. This is my third one. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Wouldn't that be good, right? Jude, Jen, and Jehoshaphat. And all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Can I just encourage somebody? Don't be afraid or discouraged because of what you're facing. Do not be afraid or discouraged by what you've been through. Do not be afraid or discouraged by past failure. Do not be afraid or discouraged by the state of our world. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of other people's words. Do not be afraid, I can go on, or discouraged by other people's posts. Do not be afraid or discouraged. It says, it says this, because of this vast army, whatever you're facing, for the battle, force, <laughs> praise God, the battle's not yours, but God's. It belongs to him. You know, God, God has all power. God's not a God with some power. 
He's, he's a God with some power. No, he, he is the God with all power. Some of us think that like some of our issues might be like getting in the way of God moving. Like, like God, this is just a small problem. I don't want you to use some of your power on this. No, God has all power, which means you can't exhaust his power. In fact, the Bible says this, that you should cast your cares, your anxieties, throw your anxieties on God. Why? Because he cares for you. The smallest little thing he cares about. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. It, not, it doesn't intimidate God. It doesn't distract God or take away from his power. If you're dealing with it, he cares. And this battle belongs to the Lord. Listen, God is not intimidated or threatened by the size or the strength of what you're facing. Well, this one's a bad one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if God knew about 2020. This, God's not intimidated by whatever 2020 brought. God's not intimidated by whatever 2021 brings. God is not threatened by the opposition or what you've been through, your past, mistakes, successes. Your, God's not threatened by any of that. But this battle and this victory belongs to God. Proverbs 21 verse 30, it says, There is no wisdom, there is no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm bilingual. I'm going to let you know what no means in the Hebrew. It means no. I know. I know. I was homeschooled. No. No plan. Only homeschoolers can say that. No. No plan can succeed against the Lord. You ever thought like, man, God, have you forgotten about us? Or do you know what's happening in America? Do you know what's happening in California? Do you know? No plan will succeed against the Lord. At our church in, in Texas, we have, we have a building and, and we have a hallway behind the stage and I call, it, I call it the hall of faith. It's the faith hallway. And the reason it's the faith hallway is it's pitch black until you walk down the hallway and it has motion detector lights. All right? But these motion detector lights are like, kind of have an attitude. So they don't always turn on right away. So I go off the stage, I'm walking backstage and for a little while, it's just kind of, It's, it's a lot of motion to get recognized so the light comes on. So I call, I call it the hall of faith. It's a faith hallway. Because I got to walk by faith until enough motion is detected. When motion is detected, it releases power. When power is released, this is how faith works. This is how faith works. This is how faith works. Your motion doesn't accomplish the miracle. Your motion unlocks God's power on your life so the miracle is on the way. The move is in the maybe. The miracle is in the movement. It's in the movement. I don't move to accomplish God's work. I move to activate God's power. Moving in my hallway doesn't give light. So don't get it wrong. It's not your movement that earns God's love. It's not your striving that earns God's acceptance or favor. I don't want you to hear me wrong. It's not that something I can do to move God. My motion only activates his power so that he begins to move in my life. Some of you, you are just one move away from experiencing God's kindness 
and his goodness and his grace. Some of you walked in discouraged or heavy or stressed or anxious, and I want you to know that you might be just one move away from experiencing the goodness of God in and through your life. Well, Pastor, I've went to church a long time. That's fine. Some people were around Jesus for years, and they never experienced him. Until the woman with the issue of blood made her way through the crowd. She grabbed hold of his robe, and the Bible says she was healed immediately. Now, check this out. Check this out. Did Jesus turn around and have a conversation? Did she say the right prayer? Did she do the right thing? Did she worship to the right song? No, she made a move on a maybe. Think, think about Peter. The Bible says he walked on the water. This is crazy. Jesus is walking on the water. First of all, that's like interesting. Why didn't Jesus, you know, he can do anything. Why didn't he just show up in the boat? But instead he walks out like a ghost on the water. And Peter's like, is that you? And Peter, he's always saying stuff that he shouldn't say. And so he's like, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Jesus is like, okay, it's me. Come on out. Peter's like, oh, why do I always do this? So Peter, now it's on, right? Like all the disciples are there. He's like, I, he told me to come out. So he steps. What did he step out on? He stepped out on a maybe. Literally, Peter did not know when he stepped on that water if he was going to sink or if he was going to walk. Now think about the story. The Bible says Peter began to walk on the water, which is crazy. I don't know if you ever tried it. It's really difficult. He starts walking on the water, and the Bible says the wind and the waves were all around him. And it says the moment that he looked at the wind and the waves, he began to sink. So this tells me something, is when I begin to count my own ability, instead of trusting in God's supernatural power, I begin to sink in things that I have the power actually to stand on. There's some people sinking in things that you have the ability to stand on because you take God at his word and you make a move on maybe. I, I want to close with a story in John chapter 9. And the band can make their way back up uh, to, the, to the stage. John chapter 9. It's, uh, I, love, I love this story and I hate it at the same time. You ever read your Bible and you're just like, what is going on? What is happening? I know some of you are more spiritual than I am. I, I'm like really asking the question. You know, like, like when Jesus was about to heal the crippled guys, and, they, and, he, and he said, come over here. Like, wait a second. They're like, why didn't Jesus go to them? Like, that is, not, that is not sensitive. John chapter 9, Jesus, he's doing his thing. People are hearing. He's healing people. He's doing miracles, all kinds of craziness. And the Bible says a blind man comes to Jesus. Now, we have no reference if this blind man had like walked with Jesus or knew Jesus previously. For all we know, he'd heard that Jesus was doing miracles and he showed up on the scene. Blind. And John chapter 9 is an interesting story. This is pre-COVID, all right? So they weren't aware of germs and viruses and all that. Because this is what Jesus did. The Bible says Jesus spit in the dirt and he made mud. And when he had made mud, he put it on the man's eyes. Now, first of all, that's an insult to me. I'm like, that is crazy. Like someone just put mud in your face? He made mud with his spit? And it's all kinds of gross. Like different levels of nasty. Here's the worst part. Jesus put mud on his eyes. 
and he didn't get healed. See, this is, this is the conflict of faith. Is that I think that as soon as I do this, go to church, participate in a service, give, serve, volunteer, everything's going to be all right. And this man comes to Jesus and he's like, oh, here it is. Here it is. He's the healer. Hey, John, what did he just put on my face? But he can't see it. Uh, I don't want to tell you this, bro, but he made mud and it's on your eyes. It's literally dripping down. You have mud dripping down your face. And Jesus says this, now I just want you to go wash in the pool. Now, first of all, I'm like, if you're really who you are, if you're really who you say you are, why do you put mud in my face? Just pray for me. Just heal me. And then I'll go take a bath in the pool, jacuzzi, down there, like, whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but just, like, let me see first. This is the crazy thing. He puts mud on his eyes, and then he tells him to go on a journey? Like a treasure hunt? Hey, see if you can find the pool, bro. I know you can't see. Now you have some mud on your face. You ever felt like walking with God feels like that? Hey, I want you to take a step of faith. Okay, where? Just like that way? Cool. Then all hell breaks loose. Things get worse. Thinking like, I made a bad call. Maybe it's, maybe it's not the bad call. Maybe it's the journey of faith that unlocks your miracle. If you read your Bible, you're going to find some things. Jesus did not promise, you follow me and everything is going to be peachy. He said, you follow me and some people will hate you. He said, you follow me and sometimes there's going to be difficulty. He said, you follow me and sometimes this world's going to get worse. He said, but here's the promise for you. And this is a promise for each and every one of us. He did not promise there would be no problems. But he did promise that in every single problem, he would be with us. Isaiah says this. He says, when you walk through the fire... I will be with you. There's good news and bad news in this, friend. He says, when you walk through the... F so we're going to walk through some fires. So when we serve God, it is not so that we avoid problems. When we serve God, it's the guarantee that I will never walk through a problem alone again. I've done it on my own. I don't like it. I've faced stress on my own. I don't like it. I've faced anxiety on my own. I don't like it. The God's promise to me is not that I would never have a bad day again. His promise to me is you'll never have a bad day alone again. When you walk through the fire, I'll be with you. When you walk through the water, they will not sweep over you. He says he will be with us. This blind man gets mud on his face and then has to blindly follow Jesus' commands. Do you think he had a guarantee after he got mud in his face that as soon as he dipped in the pool that he would see? He had no guarantee. All he had was a maybe. All he had was a perhaps. And he said, the risk is worth it. What's on the other side is worth it. I'm going to move on to maybe every single step. Let me just ask you this question. How many steps would you take before you started doubting? Think about it, right? Blind, mud on, I got to get to the pool. Who is this Jesus guy? He literally put mud in my eyes? That's rude. I thought he had a lot of power. Why am I even doing this? I look like an idiot. People are watching me. People are like, 
You know, there's people that will ridicule steps of faith because faith is not an action step on certainty. Faith is an action step on uncertainty. It's a move. Some of you are in this church because you moved on a maybe. Some of you moved from other cities, other states because you moved. Ocean's Church exists because you have a pastor that said, I'm going to move on a maybe. I don't have a guarantee. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know in Orange County, there needs to be a church that lifts up the name of Jesus and believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and believes in changed lives and second chances. And you had a pastor that says, we're going to do it. We're going to plant it. We're going to build it. And here you are. He moved on a maybe. And the miracle was in the movement. When this blind man dipped in the water, the Bible says this in John chapter 9. I love this. John chapter 9, it says, And he came home seen. The haters went home hating. The doubters went home doubting. But this blind man came home seen. That's something to praise God about. Friend, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've walked through. I don't know what 2020 tried to do to you. But I'll tell you this, you're not walking through 2021 all by yourself. You might be walking on a maybe. You might be walking on a perhaps. But I promise you that God is with you and he'll be with you every step of the way. If you believe that, can we just take 15 seconds and just thank God that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us you can stand up if you're not already all across this place I know we got many people watching online from all over the world and I'll tell you this I feel the presence of God in this tent right now I want you to know this we said at the beginning I believe it you're not here by accident in fact for some of you I feel like this is a divine setup, which means God, divine, sets you up because He loves you so much that He doesn't want you to stay where you are. So whether you're depressed, discouraged, anxious, stressed, burnt out, worn out, whatever condition you find yourself in, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to make a move towards God. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. No, that's the maybe. That's the maybe, friend. He loves you. The church has done a bad job, the capital C church, of letting people know how judgy God is. How mad. God's not mad at you. God loves you. He's a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. Some people come into the house of God and they think, God must be judging me. I talked to a guy in Dallas the other day. I invited him to our church. He's like, man, you don't want me to come to your church. He's like, man, I, I've not been to a church in years. If I come into your church, who knows what will happen? What a, what, a, what a terrible construct we have created about our loving Savior. He is the polar opposite of what we have constructed. He says, come just as you are. Well, I'm not cleaned up, Pastor. I still had all kinds of sin in my life. Don't we all? We're all imperfect people on our way. But maybe... The freedom you're looking for, the peace you're looking for, the breakthrough you're looking for is just on the other side of a maybe. Maybe your move was just today coming to a church. Maybe your move was just watching online. Maybe your move was just being in the tent. 
don't have to judge people's me. Well, I mean, I got to pray more. I got to fast more. All of that stuff's important. But you know what it starts with? Just a heart that says, I'll take a little move. I'll make a little step. This is what we're going to do. We're not done quite yet. But we're going to worship God. And this is my challenge to you. Whether, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or you don't. Whether you've been coming for years or you just started coming today. I want to challenge you. Whatever your spiritual level's at a one, we're going to make a move towards a two. It's at a 10, you're going to 11, if that's possible. We're going we're gonna to gonna move together. So as we worship, I want to encourage you to open your hearts to the Lord. I'm telling you, His presence is here. You're not here by accident. Just make a move. To, watch what happens when you just make a move. All your problems are going to go away. No, but you're going to have a problem solver that lives with you and walks with you. You're going to have a helper that walks beside you and leads you and guides you. So let's just, let's just begin to worship all across this place. If you feel comfortable, will you just lift your hands? Can we just lift your hands all across this place? Don't feel pressure. If you don't feel comfortable, that's all right. Lord, we just invite your presence into these tents. We say that we're making a move towards you. Lord, James says, if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So we do that right now. Come on, as the band begins to worship, I want you just to make a move towards God. Come on, make your move. That's it right there. He's promised is faithful. that he's the shepherd and we're the sheep and the sheep hear or know the voice of God we believe this that you can hear the voice of God and as we're praying as we're worshiping I, I just sense I just hear 
God is speaking to me. And uh, you have a pastor that hears the voice of God. And so we're just going to worship just for a moment. But I, I just want to pray for a couple of you. And, and this is how it happens for me. Sometimes I'll just feel like a pull or compassion towards someone. And God will just speak. Just maybe a thought or maybe an impression or maybe just sharing a prayer. So I just want to pray just for a couple people before we dismiss. I'm getting hungry, so it's got to be about lunchtime. But I, I, I think God's doing something really special in this, even in, the, in, in these tents right now. And it's a, there's, there's a gentleman, you got a white shirt. Yeah, right there. You got your hands. Yeah. The Holy Spirit just laid you on my heart just as we're worshiping up here. And I just heard the Lord say, specifically in the area of prayer, it's like this is what I heard, that God's about to level you up. It was almost like you, you have been consistent in one pattern and one rhythm. And God was just it, it just, it was like a new level. It was almost like the same, you were doing the same things, but at another level. You, if you understand this, if you shift gears to a higher gear, it's the same level of pressure applied, but you have greater possibility of speed. This is what I feel like. It's the same things, but God's giving you access to another dimension. There's another level. So I thank you for my brother, Lord. I just thank you for that shift in the supernatural. Lord, he's been faithful. Lord, in prayer. Lord, in, in, in consistency. But I thank you. There's a leveling up process that's happening in his life in the name of Jesus. Great breakthrough coming. Great breakthrough coming. Are you guys together? Yeah. Can you lift your hands, both of you? Can I pray for you? There's great breakthrough that's coming on both of you. There's, there's, there's about to be a synergy. Are you married? There's about to be a synergy even in your marriage. It's, it's, it's going to happen spiritually. And so I'm, I'm not saying you haven't had synergy or there hasn't been even spiritual connected, connectedness, but it's about to go to another level. The Bible says he takes us from glory to glory and strength to strength. And I felt like, man, for you, that the enemy has tried to bring a thought into your mind that maybe it wouldn't get better, but fears of some things getting worse. But I hear the Spirit of God speaking to you. He, he is apprehending those fears. And today it shifts. There is an atmosphere of faith that's over around your home, your marriage, believing for the impossible. You're a can-do couple. You're can-do kingdom people. And you're going to see that in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, God's so good. God's so good. There's a couple right here in the front. Are you guys together? You too? Yeah. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. I just, I just I saw this actually before I came up to, to speak. I felt like the Holy Spirit just laid something on my heart. Is uh, Sometimes before a, a braid starts, my buddy, he has three girls, and he's just learning like how to braid their hair. She's always done it. Now he's learning. And uh, so he's like, I was on Instagram. He's like, look at this. Like, I learned how to French braid or whatever. And um, it, it's crazy. Sometimes it's, it's chaos that can be brought together in beauty. And I, and I heard the Lord tell me that there are some elements of, of your life, even that you've looked at, that, that have felt chaotic. Not one season, not one day has been wasted or has been disposed of that God's not going to use. In fact, there's great beauty coming out of your story. And I felt like this happening. It was like one chapter was closing and another chapter was beginning. And some people said it was the end of the book. But I heard the Lord just wanting to promise you it wasn't the end of the book. It was the end of a chapter. There's a new chapter. It's a good chapter. It's full of God's blessing, full of God's protection and provision. Do y'all have any kids? No? Say in your, in your heart to have kids someday, a family someday, maybe. 
See what happened? This, perhaps. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that guy. Perhaps. This is, this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me is that you, you're, you're on the front lines of de deciding what your family looks like. And I felt like there was, there was no, and I don't know what your family line looks like, legacy, but it's, it's going to have no bearing on, on, on forcing you to be something that you don't want to be. You will be what you've decided and what God's shown you in your heart to be. Lord, so I pray for this couple. Lord, touch them and bless them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there is just open doors that are coming. Lord, I thank you for the closing of one chapter, but I thank you for the beginning of another chapter. Lord, thank you for your hand on them in the name of Jesus. Come on, God's so good. So good. We're almost done. Right through the tents, I can see you. You're blonde. You're like, I can see you like right in this crack. Just behind you, ma'am. Behind you. You just look back in the gray. Yes. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you that there's been a specific prayer that you've been praying. That God has heard your prayer. That this is a scripture that he bottles up our tears. In fact, that means that like not a tear is wasted. But I heard the Lord tell me to tell you that he's heard your prayer and the answer is on the way. So sometimes you don't see the answer because it's in progress. But just because you haven't seen the actuality of the prayer that you've been praying does not mean that God has not been working. And I just felt led to tell you that it's on its way. Does that mean something to you? That means, yeah, it's on its way. It's on its way. I'm telling you, God's a God of a miracle in motion. This is a church of faith. This is a people of faith that are believing that have the faith to step out on maybe. Can we just worship just one more time? I'm going to hand over to Pastor Joel. Come on, let's just lift up the name of Jesus. Just one more time. God, you're so good. We love you. We honor you. with your eyes closed in this tent come on just close your eyes real quick there's a sweet sweet atmosphere right here in the tents and the presence of God is here the presence of Jesus is here with us and with your eyes closed I, I want to ask you a question because we never want to leave 
uh, a, a moment we never want to leave without an opportunity to introduce people to Jesus. If you're in here and you'd say to yourself, man, I'm not walking with God, but I want to. Maybe, maybe your stories, even like mine, where I grew up knowing Jesus, that I walked away from him and made a decision to come back to know who Jesus was. What Pastor Dustin was saying is that resonated with you, like maybe today is your day of movement. Today is your day to step out. Today is your day. Move on a maybe and watch God come through with a miracle. With every eye closed, I want to pray for you. And on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. And if you're online watching right now, we want to extend this invitation to you. Right in the chat, you can write the word heart. When I go three, two, one, your response, you can write a heart emoji or write the word heart. We have people online in our chat rooms that want to pray with you and connect with you. So if you're in the tent, go and close your eyes real quick. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. Why do I want to, why do, why do I want you to lift your hands? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I want to know who I'm getting ready to introduce to my best friend in the whole world, my best friend, Jesus. So with every eye closed, you say, that's me. This is my moment to move. This is my moment to step out. Go ahead and lift your hand on one, two, three. That's me. Go ahead and lift your hand. Lift your hand. Man, I see hands everywhere. Lift it up. Keep it up for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. I see one, two. Come on. Three. Come on. Keep it up. Keep it up. Four, five. That's awesome. Six. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, Ocean Church. Seven. Ocean Church, can we give a big hand clap? Eight hands. Thank you. I see that hand. That's awesome. The Bible says that asking Jesus into your heart is as simple as speaking it with your mouth and believing inside. It's easy. It's simple. So Ocean Church, can you play the, pray this prayer with me? Say, Dear Jesus. Come on, all over the tent. Say, Dear Jesus. I ask you into my life. Help me to walk with you. Help me to walk by faith and not by sight. And Jesus, I pray for the rest of my days, I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we give one more hand clap for Jesus? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.